0: My name is Pascal Terry, and I am here today on John's podcast, Never Just a Dog, to talk about my soul bear, Butchie.
1: Before Butchie, did you have dogs? Were there dogs in your and your family's life?
0: Yeah, I, I grew up with a American Akita um, as a child, and he was my first love, and he definitely paved the way for my love of big breeds. I had him when I was about three years old, up until you know in my teens, and uh, his name was Kita and he was a magnificent dog, and yeah, he he was the first love, as I said.
1: And then, where did Butchie come in, and how did Butchie come into your life? Oh,
0: Butchie, goodness me, he um, he came into my life with such a huge impact, he and his brother escaped the, the the home where they were living and they were roaming the streets for a few months and they were eventually picked up by the pound and put straight on to death row. Uh, Butchie's brother was adopted straight away from the pound and Butchie was left behind and eventually he was saved by a rescue group called Amra. I had been wanting to rescue and I came across their Facebook page and there was a pledge that they had put out sort of desperate for foster carers. And so I reached out to them and said, you know, I can offer to volunteer, you know, my home and and myself and, you know, to to foster one of your dogs, whichever dog needs the most love. And they responded straight away and said, that would be Butch. He's really struggling. And the very next day they dropped him off (laughs) at my front door. And it was love at first sight. You know, it was such a beautiful journey to be involved in the process where, you know, a dog begins to trust you and accept you and to love you. And he just melted my heart from day one. Um, And not long after, we decided to adopt him. And he was, he was ours. He joined our pack. And, you know, I think it was, Definitely fate working its magic and you know I didn't know it at the time but I, I thought I was rescuing Butchie but he was in fact rescuing me and the rest is history.
1: You had him as a foster first and then yes. fell in love with him and then uh, did you ring the rescue, uh, rescue organisation and just say can I keep him or how did, how did that happen?
0: Yeah, pretty much. So yes, um, we started off as foster parents. And I actually thought, you know, I I can't adopt a dog. I I don't even know how to look after myself. (laughs) so It it didn't even come into the equation. But, you know, a few weeks sort of, you know, came and and the foster period or the, the trial period finished and they reached out and said, you know, do you want to bring Butchie back to us? Do you want to keep him? And at that point, we knew that uh, we, you know, we were madly in love, and there was no going back. And um, we definitely weren't <laughs> letting <laughs> Butchie out of our sight. So yeah, we adopted him not long after.
1: Tell me, what what did you do with Butchie? Did you go and buy him heaps of toys, or did you how did you set the house <laughs> up for for your forever dog?
0: Well, I think we sort of had already we'd already we already knew we were going to foster him without actually saying it. So the house was already set up to have him, you know, long-term. He already had, you know, a box full of toys. Uh, and the day that we adopted him, I remember we went out for dinner and we sat outside on the pavement because as you know, most places don't allow dogs in restaurants. And um, and so we sat outside and we ordered him a kangaroo steak. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember the, um, the the waitress that came out sort of said, this is for your dog. And we said, yeah, yeah, we're celebrating his adoption. Uh, and it was a lovely little celebration that we had. And um, but um I think by that stage, you know, Butchie already knew that he had found his forever home. So, yeah.
1: Oh, so he had a stake first up. He, th- he, <laughs> he He's won the lotto. He's won the lottery right there exactly, <laughs> straight away. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. And I think um, that set a precedent because I'm sure Butchie had many more stakes <laughs> over the years. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, gourmet Butchie. So his name is Butch, but you've added an extra syllable to his name
0: did yeah because Butchie from what we understand didn't have a very um, happy life before we adopted him so we, we believe that he was sort of used as a bit of a guard dog a yard dog he was sort of left in the back garden and they tried to train Butchie to be quite a vicious sort of protector of, of you know of them or, or the house that they lived in it wasn't in his nature at all he was the sweetest teddy bear you could ever ever meet and they called him Butch and we can only imagine because they thought he'd be this scary <laughs> aggressive dog and and it didn't suit him because it, you know that wasn't his personality but he was five when i rescued him and so i didn't want to change his name so we added a y to soften <laughs> it to butchie doesn't sound quite as intimidating so it does
1: yeah. it definitely uh, softens it tones that recipe down a little bit it just takes a bit of the chili out of the name
0: Absolutely. The the sassiness.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about Butchie's character. Like really, really share. Was he headstrong or was he clumsy, as I think about my own dogs and and myself?
0: Uh, Butchie, I could talk for weeks or years about Butchie. He was a king among kings. You know, he was the alpha male. He had the heart of a true Alaskan Malamute. He, you know, he did what he wanted when he wanted he had a mind of his own he was the leader of the pack he really was the boss (laughs) (laughs) um and you know he was the most handsome boy in the in the entire world he was a big 60 kilo polar bear you know he had beautiful ginger and white fur and these incredibly piercing amber eyes and he stood out you know everywhere he went people were drawn to butchie and He had this contagious smile and it wouldn't matter what situation he was in, he was always smiling and people would stop and smile at him because he was smiling at them and he just, you know, everybody around him would comment on how happy he always looked. You know, and Butchie and I, we were just two best friends doing life together. You know, we saw the world together everywhere. I went, he went, everything he felt I felt and you know he was my right hand and you know I was his left paw and you know we just had this really really strong pure deep understanding and connection of each other and you know he taught me how to be you know the best human being I could possibly be and you know he inspired me to reach for the very best and you know he taught me what unconditional love felt like and you know he was my soulmate and I reckon he will probably be the most special soul I'll ever meet he he was a one of a kind
1: Tell me about your walk. You go out. You see people. <laughs> was Butchie a water dog? Did Butchie like the water?
0: Oh my god! I actually think he thought he was a dolphin or a whale. He <laughs> he loved swimming, and that was one of his traits. Uh, people knew Butchie for his antics in the ocean and the lakes, and the Ponds and the puddles, you know, any body of water (laughs) that he would find, he would he'd be in there. And we lived close to the beach. So every day we were surrounded by water. And it wouldn't matter how many times I would try to keep him dry, he would find a way (laughs) of of getting himself in that water. And he was constantly muddy, he was constantly wet. And people would say to me, Oh my god, how do you put up with it? And I would always say, It makes him so happy. So why would I stop him? You know, it makes no difference to me if my house is dirty or my car's wet. As long as he's having the best time, that's all that matters. And so, yeah, every walk was an adventure.
1: Did you take him on road trips, (laughs) like holidays? Did you go on holidays with him?
0: Oh, my God, all the time. I mean, our holidays revolved around Butchie. You know, we would only go to places where he could come. We we did so many amazing road trips with him. I think my most favourite annual trip was to a place in Victoria called Dinner Plains, which is the only dog-friendly alpine village in Australia. So dogs are allowed in the snow village and in all of the accommodation, and it would just blanket with snow every year. And obviously, Butchie being an Alaskan Malamute, his you know his uh, his element is the snow. And it was just the happiest time. He would just. It was almost as though he he belonged in the snow. And you know he just he loved every single minute of um, our time up there. So yeah, lots of lots of happy holiday memories.
1: Did Butchie take to the skis, or did he go straight to the snowboard? <laughs>
0: good question neither but we did have a little sled so like we would sit in the sled and Butchie would just run and we'd hold on to his lead (laughs) and so he was like our sled dog. Sled dog of course sled Sled dog dog. dog. (laughs) exactly yeah.
1: That's brilliant now with with Butchie what else did Butchie inspire you to do?
0: Look Butchie I mean what didn't he inspire me to do he honestly he he made me want to be the best human being I could possibly be and he did that. You know, I woke up every day trying to be a better version of myself and to make him proud. I, soon after rescuing Butchie, I kind of, you know, I realized my passion was helping animals. And so I decided to dedicate my life to doing just that. I started a organization called World Animal Warriors, uh, when, and Butchie was, you know, the the muse and the inspiration behind that. And uh, he inspired me to to shine a light on animals in need. And yeah, I owe everything to him because, you know, if it wasn't for Butchie, I probably would never have found my passion. So, yeah.
1: So Butchie inspired you to set that up. So you travel um, around, you travel to other countries and educate and uh, tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so essentially uh, I would travel around to different parts of the world working specifically with critically endangered and endangered and vulnerable species. So that could be rescue, rehabilitate, release uh, or scientific programs or volunteering, really anything I could do to get my hands dirty. And to shine a light on the cause, I, you know, found myself in sort of random corners of the world working with, you know, some pretty incredible species. And yeah, every time I would, you know, do one of these projects, I just felt so proud that Butchie had inspired me to do this because, as I said, if it wasn't for him, I never would have found my calling. So yeah, he's a pretty special
1: boy. <laughs> Give me a couple of the funniest things that Butchie ever did that really sticks in your mind.
0: Oh, my gosh. Butchie made me laugh every single day. Honestly, he was a comedian. Uh, (laughs) There were were several embarrassing things that he did. I remember one of our local dog beaches uh, is called Bayview, and it's this beautiful Yeah, dog beach on the northern beaches, and um, it's always so busy. And some um, people that aren't from the area don't realise it's a dog beach, and they come there and they set their picnics up and they they spend the day at the dog beach. And one day, and it's all off-lead, so Butchie is off-lead, obviously, and one day there was a family having a picnic and they were sunbaking and they were laying down and i see butchie sort of trotting over towards them to sniff their food and this lady was laying down and she had her eyes closed facing up to the sky and butchie just cocked his leg and pissed on her head (laughs) (laughs) um she woke up and screamed and i screamed butchie screamed we all screamed i was like i am so sorry and her husband was laughing uncontrollably. It was just a... The- funniest. It was so hilarious. I mean, there was that. There was another time Butchie was off late again at the beach and he ran around the rock pool and there was like a heap of surfers out and he just jumped off the rock pool and he swam straight out to the surfers while I'm still standing on the beach and I'm like, where is he going? And all these surfers are like, hey, your dog's out here and I could hardly hear them because he was so far out and they actually had to drag him by the collar and bring him back to shore. Like He was just always up to no good. You know, he was always keeping me on my toes. So, yeah, constantly laughing. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Pascal, with Butchie, how did he impact and touch other people's lives?
0: Butchie had this way of touching people's lives without even knowing them. Uh, Since Butchie crossed over, I received an outpouring of love from people who I had never met from around the world. You know, I was receiving you know, the most beautiful poems and pieces of art and letters and, you know, photos and just such um, thoughtful things to help me through the grieving process, you know, and even up until this, you know, things happen like this up until yesterday, you know, which because he stood out from the crowd, he was such a Big boy, with such a big presence. People noticed Butchie without even meeting him. So, you know, I've had people approach me in the shops or my local cafe or down at the beach, even you know up until now, saying, you know, are you Butchie's mum? And you know, we we've heard about Butchie and we're so sorry. And you know, you know, I remember this time he did this, and we were watching from afar, and he used to always make me smile. And things like that. You know, I had one guy I bumped into in a shop last week and he said to me again, are you Butchie's mom? And I said, I am. And he said, you know, I've seen Butchie's plaque down at the beach. You know, I made this beautiful plaque for Butchie in his his memory. um, And I placed that at the beach where he used to sit. And he said to me, I noticed the plaque and, you know, I go there often and I just sit with Butchie and think about, you know, the funny things that he used to do. And he said, you know, that the screws are loose. You might need to, you might need to tighten them. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. And, you know, that was that. And then yesterday I went down to Butchie's plaque and this guy has gone down there and varnished the plaque and he's put in new screws and he left some flowers for Butchie and, You know things like that. I had one lady who I'd never met uh, try to track me down on the internet and she finally got through to me and she had this album of photos that she had taken of Butchie and I over the years just from afar. And it was all photos of Butchie swimming and me trying to get him out of the water. And she said, you know, I would see you guys down here throughout the years and my family and I would just stop and laugh hysterically at how much he would make you work <laughs> to get him dry. <laughs> yeah. And you I hope you don't mind, but I wanted to share these photos with you. Like things like that, you know, I think it, it, it touches me so deeply knowing that he had such an impact on people, in, you know, in such a positive way without even realising it. And, you know, I think it's a testament to the fact that animals bring out the best in people and, you know, unite us in, in times of grief. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to all, the, all these people.
1: Pascal, after, after Butchie passed away, you had a trip planned together and you still decided to go. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah. This was like the most incredible experience. So just before Butchie passed away, he and I had booked a trip together to do a road trip up to Byron Bay. And, you know, we were, I was looking forward to it so much. And, you know, very, you know, devastatingly, Butchie didn't make the trip. So I decided that I couldn't possibly go and that, you know, that was that. And during my grieving process, I reached out to a pet medium and something i would never done before. And um, I can highly recommend it to anybody who is in the grieving process. It did help me immensely. But um, one of the messages that the pet medium passed on to me sort of out of the blue was, which he wants you to still get in the car and go on the trip. And I was blown away. I thought, how on earth would she know that? And she said to me, Butchie wants you to know that wherever you go, he goes with you. So if you do the trip, Butchie still gets to go. And so that was that. I decided, absolutely, I'm going to go on the trip. So I did. And when I reached Byron, um, and I checked into the lodge, you know, I I felt incredibly alone and just fragile, you know, knowing that he was supposed to be with me. And it was, it was really, it was a really tough experience, even just sort of turning up there, but I, I powered through and that the very first night that I was there, you know, there was a beautiful dinner in the main house and I was a little bit early and, um, I, I walked into the lodge and there's this beautiful library just, you know, off from the restaurant. And so I sat in the library and I thought I will just kill some time and I'll have a look through some of the books. And it was all, you know, it was all encyclopedias and, and, you know, these big sort of coffee table books and I was looking through and at the very, very, very bottom of the bookshelf under all of the Britannicas, there was this book called We Love Pets. And I thought, oh, animals, great. I'll pull it out and have a look. And so I did. And I was scrolling through and it was all these beautiful images of animals and specifically dogs. And I was, you know, getting a bit teary thinking, you know, about Butchie. And as I get to the end of the book, I open up this double page spread and it took my breath away. It was it was a two pages of photos of Butchie and I thought, what on earth is this? Like I, I couldn't quite understand how Butchie was in this book <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And as it turns out, when I first rescued Butchie, he was asked to do a charity photo shoot to bring awareness to Doggie Rescue. And I I never saw those photos ever again. And I didn't realize that they had been picked up and published into this this book. And it had Butchie's name and and a little story about Butchie's rescue story. And I just cried (laughs) like a baby. And I thought to myself the pet medium did tell me that there would be, I I would know that Butchie was with me on this trip. And, you know, if that isn't a sign, I don't know what is. And so I carried that book with me to dinner and I had my dinner and my glass of wine with Butchie (laughs) in the book staring at me. And um, yeah, I I couldn't help but feel very um, connected to him at that particular moment.
1: That's incredible. Did you steal the book?
0: I didn't steal it. I asked them <laughs> and I told, I told them why and they actually shed a tear. They sort of said, that's the most beautiful story we've heard. And they said, look, please take the book and I have it with me now. And yeah, I think I'll, you know, I will carry that for the rest of my life. It was a very, very special, um, a special moment that, you know, that I shared with him. So, yeah.
1: So, Pascal, fast forward a period of time and another dog was about to come into your life, a dog called Belto. Share with me that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so Bouto, um is my most recent rescue dog. He is also an Alaskan Malamute, like Wichie, and he came into my life in, uh, you know, the most of unexpected ways. I, you know, I I didn't think I would be ready to rescue again for quite some time, but I had been contacted by a few people who had heard about this poor Alaska Malamute that had been abandoned in the back of a house probably about two hours from where I live. And I couldn't stop thinking about this poor dog. And so I, I eventually went out to visit him at the house, and you know, got to meet him, and I, and I realized that he he needed my help. You know, he was he was not in a good way, and I made the decision to rescue him. and I brought him home with me not long after and it's been a few months now and he is just the funniest dog you could imagine and I know in my heart that Butchie was definitely behind Balto coming into my life and I'm sure that, you know, Butchie was working his magic from up above to make sure that I was looked after by another dog. So I know he (laughs) approves, that's for sure. And yeah, I think with Bowtie, you know, he has so many butcheryisms about him. They're so similar, but they are also so different as well. So it's it's he keeps me on my toes in in the funniest of ways.
1: Tell me about with Bowtie the phone incident
0: oh my goodness, the phone incidents. <laughs> so, Valtteri had, prior to me rescuing him, he'd never been inside a house before. So, everything inside the house is like mind-blowing to him. You know, everything excites him and he's kind of worked out, you know, when I have a shower, it means that I, I'm not paying him attention and, and he wants attention all the time, which we're working on. But um, whenever I have a shower, he he kind of, you know, he gets a bit stroppy. He's like, what is she doing in there? Like, you know, why is she not talking to me or playing with me? So, He decides to come into the shower every day and just sort of sit there and watch me, which is extremely uncomfortable. But no privacy
1: with a dog in the house, hey?
0: I I think every dog owner knows that there's yep. no, no such thing as privacy when you have a dog. Um, so anyway, he comes in and and he's he's kind of watched my, you know, my patterns and and he realizes that, you know, as an example, I need the towel that I have hung up or I need my clothes I've put on the floor. So he now steals the towel and or the clothes and runs away with them <laughs> while I'm in the shower because he knows like you know that will grab my attention and so anyway one day i thought i'm going to film this because it's so funny so i put my phone you know against the wall and i filmed bauto coming in through the through the door of the bathroom and i thought okay i'm going to catch him stealing my towel or something and anyway he is doing his usual howling and you know carrying on and he notices the camera at the bottom <laughs> of the shower and he sees it, and you kind of see his mind click, and he comes over to the to the phone, and he picks it up with his mouth, and he takes it outside and just drops it in the lounge room, and then comes back in and continues to howl at me, and
1: just
0: to say, "You, you're not going to outsmart me
1: here."
0: <laughs> so it was just, it's just hilarious, and I think it shows how intelligent he is too. He's a very, very switched-on boy.
1: Yeah. Okay. And does he steal other things, or what? What else does he do?
0: Oh, he steals everything. I mean, there's not one thing that is sacred here. You know, I'm, I'm studying at the moment and he realised that the book that I'm reading every day is now taking my attention away from him. So one morning I woke up and the, and the book's been ripped to shreds. Um, he steals everything, food, slippers, socks, pot plants, pillows books I mean there's nothing that he hasn't yet stolen (laughs) it's like you have to baby proof the house for a dog it's it's insane
1: (laughs) but you love him yeah and you take him out to um, obviously with um with your hour of exercise or however it looks for you to you can take him out and take him to the beach
0: yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, he he's a big boy. He's around which you know, size, so a big, strong malamute and he needs exercise. So we go out for a big walk down to the beach. Interestingly though, he does not like water. Completely opposite to his big brother. He's he's a little bit scared of water. So I'm trying to sort of teach him as summer approaches that water is his friend and we can go swimming together in the ocean. So yeah, he he gets his big walks and he's already met a lot of people and he's already sort of making friends with the local dogs and, and the local community down here, which is lovely.
1: Journey continues through your life. So Butchie brought you to Balto.
0: Absolutely. I have no doubt that that was what doing. I, I'm certain. And I actually should add, I forgot to mention this um, earlier. In my pet medium session that I had, I asked the medium if there was a sign from Butchie that I could keep an eye out for so that I knew he was around. And I was thinking she'd say something like, it's a hummingbird or a butterfly or something. And she said to me, this is really strange, and I I haven't ever picked up on this before with any other animal, but Butchie's sign is a pink pig, like a cartoon pig. And I thought, oh, that's disappointing. When am I ever <laughs> going to see a pink pig? Like, you know, i never. And I thought, oh, okay, great. You know, that's that's not going to happen. And when Bouto came to me, He was digging through Butchie's toy box, which is like a big trunk full to the brim of toys. Like I don't even know how many toys are in there and I've forgotten what's in there. And the day that Bausho came home with me, he went straight for the toy box and he dug out all these toys. There was toys everywhere. And at the bottom of the toy box was a pink pig in the shape of a cartoon, like a, a little figurine. And out of all the toys in the box, he pulled out the pink pig. And I didn't click straight away. And it was only after about half an hour of him carrying this pig with him everywhere I went, did I suddenly remember that the medium said to me, keep an eye out for a pink pig. So oh, wow. I, Isn't that crazy? That so, yeah, is crazy. I, I have no doubt that Butchie was, again, working his magic. And, and yeah, it was meant to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how many toys are in that toy box?
0: Oh, my... I, <sighs> Oh, my God, I have no idea. (laughs) It's like guessing how many M&Ms are in the big jar at a party. There's so many. Like, I'd say 100, over 100 (laughs) toys. It's a lot.
1: (laughs) And what was Butchie's favourite toy? Or did he select one for the day or one for the moment and then rotate week by week?
0: No, but he had a love for green. Anything green, it had to be gr- bright green. So anything green, he would love. Any other colour, he wasn't interested in playing with. So he has like a collection of these like green Kong toys that squeaked. I mean, the squeaker would last, you know, maybe five minutes once he
1: got his teeth <laughs> around it.
0: But um, anything green was his was his favourite toy.
1: Hey Pascal, it's been fantastic having you on, sharing your story of Butchie and uh, your wildlife work and Belto, and I wish you all the best and many hilarious moments as your journey continues.
0: Thanks, John. It's been so lovely to to come on here and to talk about you know my soulmate and and to continue his legacy through you know through talking and sharing beautiful memories of his life. So thank you.